Hi, welcome to Shift Happens, Cultivating Calm Amidst Great Change. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4, Bad Things Happen in Philadelphia. (laughs) Processing the experience of Tuesday night's debate. In this episode, we will be discussing our experience. My name is Jenna Cotton, and I'm a psychotherapist here with my friend and colleague, Corey Graycheck, and I'm also a psychotherapist, and we are pulling our topics and solutions from the wonderful people we work with in our practice. Yep, and if you followed us from last season, you know we structure our podcast with meditation to start a psychosocial topic, and then we finish up with another meditation because life is hard and we've got your back. And whether you're an advanced meditator or this is your first time, we've got you covered. And so now Corey is going to take us through our opening meditation, the mountain meditation. Okay, so this is a great time to grab your cushion or get into your meditation position. And just to say ahead of time that today we're we're kind of doing this episode on the fly in response to Tuesday night's uh, debate because we thought it was really important to respond with what we're hearing from the people that we work with. So this these meditations are going to be shorter and the episode itself will most likely be shorter. So just letting you know ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and get comfortable in your meditation position and we will begin the mountain meditation with three bells. Noticing your body breathing. Perhaps you notice your breath in the rise and fall of your chest. The expansion and contraction of your belly, whistling through your throat or your nostrils. Or perhaps you feel your breath in your whole body. And as we're noticing our breath, tuning into our breath, knowing that our breath is exactly how it needs to be in this moment. And now placing your attention on your seat And if you're lying down, placing your attention on whatever you're lying on. Feeling the gravity of the cushion or the weight and pull of gravity as we sink and relax into our cushion or we sink and relax into what we're lying on and really feeling that sense or holding the intention of feeling that sense of being grounded, that sense of holding our seat. We are in our meditation posture and this is what we call our seat. And so we're holding our seat on the cushion as we can hold our seat in the same way, using it as a metaphor, once we've stopped formal meditation and moved into the rest of our day. 
So holding our seat and feeling our body as if it is the mountain. Our bodies become the mountain, moving up from the grounded seat all the way to the top of our heads. Feeling the strength, the majesty, and the immovability of our body as the mountain and noticing our feelings and our thoughts and allowing them to pass over us as the weather passes over the mountain. It affects the mountain, but it doesn't move the mountain. And if you get lost in a thought or a feeling, gently replace your attention on your body as the mountain and just allowing your thoughts and your feelings and your experience to move across the mountain or through your mind, through your experience as the weather moves across the mountain. As we move towards the end of this meditation, once again, noticing our body breathing Breathing in and out. Inhale and exhale. And knowing that at any time once this meditation is over and you're moving through your day, that this sense of holding your seat amidst so many challenging and at the very least intense feelings in our environment at present, holding your seat and calling the feeling of the mountain to your body can be very helpful and can be practiced at any time that you need to. And then allowing whatever emotions are arising to just move over you. Now opening yourself to the sound of the three bells indicating the end of this meditation. All right. All right. (laughs) Where do we begin? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) so once again, our episode for today is bad things happen in Philadelphia. (laughs) Shout out to Philly. Oh my goodness. Never been so proud to be, to call our home Philly. Uh, Processing the experience of Tuesday night's debate. Yeah, I think to start, um, this is probably where most people's experiences started was just witnessing the initial beginning of the debate, where literally within probably two minutes, I want to say, if I'm being Mm. graceful, (laughs) Mm -hmm. there was the, the experience of Trumpus interruptus, yeah. <laughs> which I yeah. love you that phrase, Corey. Yeah, Trumpus interruptus. Oh my gosh! I mean, we're we're actually doing this episode, like I said earlier, because it was such a disturbing experience. Since the debate, we've witnessed that 
the people that we work with were also very disturbed and it, uh -huh. it, it seems to be when you're looking at social media or talking to your friends, your family, your clients, whomever, that it seems to be a macro experience of disturbance, yeah. of great disturbance. <laughs> and part of it is just Trumpus interruptus. He's relentless. He yeah. He's like a runaway train. Yeah. And to add to your comment, I, I saw this meme online and it was just saying that Tuesday night's debate unified the country because I think we could all agree that it was just a complete disaster. Yeah, it was a complete disaster. And we're we're laughing about it, but people were deep. I mean, myself included, just oh yeah, deeply, deeply disturbed by it. But it's yeah. not like we didn't expect this from Trump, but... Oh, no. I mean, yeah. And I mean, at this point, I feel like laughter is definitely a coping skill, but it was... Absolutely. I think for me personally, I felt like it was a train wreck. Like, I couldn't look away. I wanted to mm -hmm. kind of take breaks at certain points, but I just couldn't mm -hmm. stop. Um, mm -hmm. I was also questioning, and I've heard this from other people as well, about the moderator. Like, when is mm -hmm. he going to step in? Or like, what? Why can't he, why can't this happen? Why can't they cut his mic? Why, mm -hmm. why is this all of this going on? And it's so interesting because today, actually, on the news, I heard that there's going to be new rules for the debate, the next debate, um, and that they will cut the mic if, if the person is speaking over someone. They also said made a comment, will there be another debate? We don't know. Um, so, yeah, this is a was a really intense experience for a lot of people. Yeah. And there, you know, there were so many things said about the moderator. But again, I think very similar to what we're hearing about the way people felt about the way Biden handled Trump. Mm -hmm. You know, the moderator just, I mean, it was an onslaught. I mean, Trump just, it's an onslaught. It's relentless. And he, it's like, he just gets on He's one note, and the yeah. one note is bullying and talking over people and mm -hmm. interrupting, and he literally doesn't stop. And it mm -hmm. sometimes reminds me, Jenna, I'm not sure you know how you feel about this, but we talked about this, mm -hmm. sometimes reminds me of some disorders that we know about where people hyper focus on one thing and just mm -hmm. that do that behavior repeatedly. Right. And for Trump, it's, it's inter he can't stop interrupting i mean he could right. stop but right. that's what it feels like and well, it's and I, terrible i think part of it too is that is his tactic his only tactic sometimes yes. going into things because yes. there is i think a lack of knowledge uh, and we'll get into that a little bit later but i think his intention going into that was probably to just mm -hmm. be like that to fluster to fluster biden to get him riled up and yep to go back to the moderator for a moment, it, it was almost like a traumatic situation, like where we're kind of watching this unfold. It's like fight, flight, freeze response. Wait. Maybe that is what Chris Wallace was experiencing for a few moments. Like, oh, how, how am I going to stop this? What do I do? <laughs> right. I mean, I think everybody knew that this is how Trump does things, but it, it to see it at this level. And I, my, my sense is also that his strategists were like, just go in just yell yep. just keep going and yeah. then you'll win like yeah. that's that's my sense and i yeah I, I i think that you know we heard from many people i think chris wallace was just knocked off his seat but i <laughs> sure. also think we talk we're going to talk a lot about holding your seat today and i think chris wallace recovered well yes, and yes. did hold his seat and did challenge yes. trump quite a bit yeah, I think he he was he did a great job and he was really professional even though he had yeah. to like he said at the one point raise his voice and 
a lot of people that I've seen online have been like, oh, like he needs a drink or like yeah. he's, he's evidence that kindergarten teachers are underpaid. Like just that's funny right. stuff like I mean, that. And yeah. that, that, I mean, we're, we're kind of laughing about this, but also really observing and recognizing that it was deeply disturbing. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was deeply disturbing to a lot of people that we talked to. Um, yeah. And it's it's very similar to two kids in the schoolyard. There's the mm-hmm. big bully, and then there's the, the other kid who may be making m- remarks sometimes that made me wince. I don't know about you, Jenna. Oh <laughs> Where we're like, keep it together, Biden. Don't yes. get baited. Don't be baited. Yes. But it, it's also, I mean, again, that that relentless bullying, you know, insulting Biden's intelligence, his mm-hmm. academic success, mm-hmm. his Son. his his school yeah his school i mean the school he went to it's just wow and his son's drug problem i think a lot of people thought that was really inappropriate and also what i've been seeing since then and it's so true is just how can we expect a president to destigmatize mental health when he is using that as a, a tactic in a debate like essentially using someone else's mental health for substance abuse issues as something negative right yeah and i i Absolutely. I mean, and I loved that Biden really stood up for his son. I mean, I do think that Biden did the best job possible. It's really, really difficult. I don't, you know, I don't think speaking in this forum is Biden's strength. And I think Mm -hmm. we all know that. Mm -hmm. Um, Biden has a lot of strengths. I don't think that this is one of them. And so I think the way he was equipped, I think he did the best that he could. But just to, to, go back to the moderator for a moment what i thought was really interesting is that we were seeing and actually my partner talked to me about it last night we were we were talking about how we really viewed the moderator as just trying as chris walls trying so hard to moderate the debate mm-hmm. and actually trump's fault fo- a lot of trump's followers that we are seeing on social media are saying things like chris wallace debated with trump right. chris wallace kept interrupting trump right. so it's very interesting you know everybody has their own perspective and then my thought was yeah that's so typical Mm-hmm. When you're talking about things, and I realize they're all, all three of them are men, but it really reminded me yeah. of that, like that mansplaining mm-hmm. that tr- Trump automatically, because he's a man and he's a bully, he just assumes that he can, and, and we, you know, we love our partners, we love men. It's this is not, but just <laughs> that kind of profile of a man, mm-hmm. you know, an older, white male and who is also in addition lots of wonderful older white males but in addition is a total bully Mm. just feels like oh yeah this is my right i get to talk over everybody and i'm just going to continue and his followers looked at chris as if he was interrupting him right right wow Mm -hmm. this is not a monologue this is a debate yeah that was absolutely (laughs) ridiculous yeah so you know for biden Wow, it was really hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think that personally, when I saw the comments of like, oh, these are like two kindergartners, my personal experience was like, what do you expect Biden to do? Like, there were moments where I was like, yeah, come on, don't get like roped in or baited to what Trump is doing. He's trying to distract you. But the insults and the comments were coming out so fast. I agree 
I think he did the best he possibly could. And I think yeah. that takes in, in, incredible internal strength to yeah. soothe, to regulate. That is yeah. really, really hard. And it's essentially a threatening situation where your body is probably reacting again, like this fight or flight, try, freeze type of response. And you have to try to regulate yourself in real time. And it is hard. It is. It's incredibly hard. And then again, I think, you know, when you look at Senator Harris, you look at Hillary Clinton, you look yeah. at John McCain, you look at President Obama, you know, these are all people who this is their forte. This is yeah. what they do incredibly well. And so for Biden, I do think he did a really good job. I'm I, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't actually, you know, hit lower um, <laughs> or because just the how relentless Trump was. And I think that's a great point, Jenna. You know, this is bringing up a lot of post-traumatic stress for a lot of people. And we'll mm -hmm. get into that in a moment. But I think I also felt like watching, I felt like I was holding Biden together. Yes, I was like, yes. Every time he had a, a good answer, I was like, okay, okay, good, we're good. gonna be okay. Don't mess up, don't mess right. up. Don't mess up. <laughs> we're holding him up, you know, it's like we're not breathing. And every time he has an appropriate response, we feel relief. And yes. when it's a poor response, we, we cringe. And it's yes. really hard with someone like Trump not to get nasty. Yeah, and I think that just goes back to like, Maybe Biden's not anyone's ideal candidate, but he, at this point, is the right candidate, like we talked about before. Yes. But yes, I agree. I think a lot of people were experiencing that I've heard, and then I also experienced that kind of like, I'm holding my breath while I'm watching Biden, Biden speak, and when he's done and it's good, I can sigh this relief. Yeah. But when yeah. it's bad, it's like, ooh, no, no, no. <laughs> like, yeah, no. yeah, right, right. And yeah, I mean, I think we felt parentified. We're taking care of our kid who's up there debating yeah. the big bully, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, also, I mean, there were these like wild comments from Trump as is his way, this is his style, but he just says things that don't make any sense. And our favorite one, of course, is, you know, bad <laughs> things you know, bad things happen in Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are, what does oh that mean? Like, what I does mean, that even mean? I mean, bad things happen everywhere. What, and yeah, I was so confused about that comment and also I shocked. And yeah. there have been so many funny, I love memes, obviously. I've talked about them all the time, but there have been so many memes online <laughs> of like just Philadelphians, like what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah, right. And then Jenna's husband and I ordered the same shirt at the same <laughs> time that says bad things yes. happen in Philadelphia we're really I mean it's of course we own it of course we yeah. own it of course you know we're we're like the first and second uh worst um fans in the in the United States and we are very proud of that yeah, um, yeah it's like during so, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and it was right I think Jason Kelsey was like no one likes us we don't care <laughs> <laughs> well it's very pretty much but I mean this had nothing to do with anything yeah. and then you know uh, then it was, you know, about uh, both Chris Wallace and Vice President Biden saying to President Trump, you know, will you take a stand yeah. and tell white supremacists and the KKK to back down off of violence? This was the most, I think, disturbing response that I have heard. Yeah. With regard to the Proud Boys, right? Right. 
yep. with with regard to the Proud Boys, and he never finished that sentence. He said he kind of would. He said, he, stand back um, and stand. He told the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. Like, stand by as if we're, I'm bringing you back in at halftime. Yes. Or at the beginning of the third quarter. Yes. And I, I was mean, trying to process oh. that. I, personally, I was like, does he even understand what he's saying? Like, does he understand the... the um, heaviness of his words or like the depth of his words what he's saying or is he just like spewing out total nonsense and then later it's like oh crap like no I don't, I don't know I don't think there's ever all crap for Trump well tr- I think that's he's, he's too narcissistic for that to be the case I do think he says whatever I think he knows I think they kind of send him in like the schoolyard schoolyard bully who has to somehow debate as penance mm-hmm. in the debate club at school mm-hmm. and they send him in and they say they say do not denounce white supremacists or KKK, but do not support them. So I I, I really think that's kind of what happens. And then he just says whatever comes to his mind, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But then some of it is strategic, Mm -hmm. like Jenna. Yeah, the mail-in ballots, I think. Yes. Oh, my gosh. When he started talking about uh, his feelings about the mail-in ballots, myself and my friends that I was communicating with, we were like, Oh no, it makes us feel like he almost wants, well, he, I'm sure he does want this like dictatorship. And then because he gets away with so much, we're like, is it actually going to happen? So for right. him That's saying, the fear. yeah, for him saying like, this is um, like not a safe system of voting, this is going to be a disaster. Like they've already found all of these ballots that have been thrown away with my name on them, like, blah, 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 just goes to show he's not going to accept the results of the election if Biden wins. And he's, and will probably try to fight it, prolong it, who knows. But you know he's planting these seeds for the future so that he can try to get more control. He is, absolutely. And essentially he said, you know, if something like, if I lose, that doesn't mean I'm leaving or something like that. And that, you know, it's just, it's incredibly, it's incredibly scary to see him in this position. And it is, you know, as we're talking, my neck is getting like all tight and rigid. It's, it's, it's a Mm. scary, it's very scary. And that was strategic. That is Mm -hmm. to make people not believe in the mail, the mail-in ballots, which so many people because of COVID are, are doing myself included. Yeah. It's just, it's really, really tough. Yeah. And if you, you know, listen to him without researching it, you could believe that. Sure. But read, read about it because it's not accurate. It's not accurate. And it's a setup. It's Mm -hmm. a setup to keep him in office. And it's a setup to stop people from voting. And then, you know, then the other, you know, it's gone are the, the debates of old where you actually were talking about the different, the different, the two people's perspectives on the same issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just don't get that. So it's kind of like I was saying, it's kind of like tuning into your, you know, your favorite, um, your favorite soap opera or mm-hmm. dynasty. It's mm-hmm. like, it's the spectacle of it all. I mean, yes. that's really what we're tuning in for. We're not going to get any information. Yeah. That even we if we want have. to. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, right. it's it's not like going into it trying to learn or maybe give the other candidate the benefit of the doubt. I think most of the people that tuned into the debate were like, 
let me watch this shit show unfold. <laughs> yeah, and also let's like prop up Biden somehow from our homes. Yes, of course. And make sure that he's okay enough to swing some of those voters so he wins. Well, and again, I think, yeah, he yeah. he was very, I think, as much as he could be, tried yeah. to be professional. Absolutely. Definitely throughout that absolutely. whole entire thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. So, you know, then we come to you know, Trump as the abusive father or Trump as the abusive partner. And I know about you, Jenna, but this is what a lot of my clients have been talking about since Tuesday mm-hmm. night. So not only was the actual debate itself, you know, deeply disturbing, but it is bringing up a lot of feelings from childhood hood abuse where an abusive parent mm-hmm. or the, or Trump is the abusive father or your abusive spouse. Mm-hmm. And it, there's this sense, this feeling of you're having a lot of the people that I'm working with are having post-traumatic stress. They're having flashbacks. They're having feelings Mm -hmm. from when they were younger or feelings from when they had that relationship, that feeling of not being able to escape the person who is just going to attack them at any moment, Mm -hmm. feeling like their lives are threatened, you know, that feeling of helplessness and complete loss of control and that's because there's so many similarities because Trump is absolutely abusive. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually. And I never really thought as in depth about it. Like, I'm sure it's crossed my mind, but that that's very true. I think there are enough reasons alone to feel personally triggered by Trump's behavior, his racism, misogyny, etc. could go on and on. But when you have a trauma history... And you have had experiences where you felt helpless or you were abused. You were. Yeah. Um, That's even more so triggering because it literally feels so helpless already. Yeah. And as we know that when you're an abuse survivor, and I personally am an abuse survivor, that sometimes the present feels like the past. Mm-hmm. And the past feels like the present. Mm-hmm. And this is a part of what people have been reporting is happening for them when watching by watching this debate and obviously the experience with Trump in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think regardless of the fact that Biden, this might not have been Biden's strength, mm-hmm. he did a good job. And I think we're all pretty clear that Biden is a good man in general and a mm-hmm. good and and a good politician. He's mm-hmm. got, I think his heart is in the right place. And also he's our only candidate, so it doesn't really matter on right. some level, but he's definitely, what he's not is a bully. He's not abusive. He's not, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so I think that part of what is important when we're having that experience that we had when we were a kid or that we had with, with an abusive partner or both mm-hmm. is that we, we try to ground ourselves in the present, take care of ourselves and realize that what did happen is not happening in the present. Right, right. And I think like you had noted, the difference is that Trump is not your abusive parent, coach, or partner. Um, He is not in your home, literally. You can take breaks from him and not let him in. You can choose how you inject him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for instance, if that was a really triggering experience for you, if his behavior in general is really triggering, then maybe that's the last debate that you watch. 
Right. And, and reassuring yourself that you're safe and you're okay. And any way that you can integrate that sense of freedom, mm -hmm. because in some ways, yes, we can't control Trump. Obviously, the only thing we can do is vote and talk to people and get our voices out there, uh, make, make a statement that way. But in other ways, just like you said, Jenna, uh, there is a big difference because you can still go make your coffee. You can still go on a walk. Mm -hmm. You can be with the people that you love to some degree, at least remotely, be mm -hmm. with your animals, your kids, et cetera. And mm -hmm. Trump's not actually there. Yeah. And when you were abused the first time or the second time or however many times mm -hmm. that person was there. And yeah. and that's the, that's the biggest difference. Also, we're we're all, well, not all of us, but uh, we're adults and we actually are empowered and can take care of ourselves now. Yeah, I think just grounding yourself, remembering like you are safe now, you're okay. That's like, right. When you feel those moments happening where you're starting to become triggered, trying mm -hmm. to ground yourself and come back to the present and remembering those things. Okay. And so some of the other things in relation to that, and then just feelings for people who are, are not abuse survivors, like everyone included, people had, I know you, Jenna, reported having a hard time sleeping that yes. night. I had a hard time <laughs> sleeping. I know my partner had a hard time sleeping. Fear, nervousness, exhaustion, an mm -hmm. adrenaline rush, which probably had something to do with a hard time sleeping. Mm -hmm. um, feeling like we're parenting our parents. Definitely felt that way when we were watching the debate. Mm hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I think, it, again, going back to, oh, gosh, just please don't, don't say anything wrong. Yeah. Feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was interesting. I was talking with my partner, Jenna and I have, I don't know what that's called. I think it's what is it like called the couch psychologist or <laughs> I don't remember what that term is. Mm -hmm. That means like you're a psychologist, but you're not a psychologist or you're mm -hmm. not a psychotherapist. And definitely we get a lot of really good feedback from our partners. And my partner was talking about his theory is that that a lot of Trump's followers actually had abusive parents, which is really interesting. Mm. And that, and, and we do know this with abuse, that when abuse is familiar, that's what you're familiar with. That's often, sure. if you're going without treatment, that's what you're drawn to. Mm -hmm. And then they can't acknowledge how abusive he is because it would be actually acknowledging th that abusive parent. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> that would actually Boom. be a very interesting <laughs> study. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. what was happening on our couch last night. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, very. Yeah. I think we get very thoughtful about it because it is so hard to understand. But one of our episodes, we talk about just patterns of um, behavior that we learn from childhood. And so, yes. and how it impacts us. And I, I think if it does go untreated, yeah, of course, that would be normal to us. That would be normalized behavior. It would be hard to acknowledge. Right, and it would, and that often we're drawn to that because it's what's familiar. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so I think you know what we're coming back to here is take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be watching the debates or ingesting news. Mm -hmm. You know, take care of yourselves. Do what you need to do for yourself to do that. And if you do choose to watch the debates or engage in that way. Uh, part of what we're talking about, and I had mentioned in the meditation, the mountain meditation, mm -hmm. is what my Buddhist teachers call holding your seat. And so it's using the metaphor of how we feel 
when we're meditating and we get ready and we open our shoulders up and we we sit up straight and we have this very strong anchored position Mm -hmm. and that becomes the metaphor for how we relate to situations that are really really difficult and sometimes when they're really lovely too so they might say my buddhist teacher might say okay corey if you're going to be running this meeting go in take your seat and hold your seat yeah and so this is kind of what we're putting out there for everybody holding your seat in this storm Mm -hmm. just taking care of yourself, but feeling strong and centered in yourself that you can do that. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's really important right now. And maybe just to end with some good things. Yeah. (laughs) Something Corey mentioned to me that I was so excited about (laughs) is that this is like the Great British Bake Off is back on Netflix. (laughs) Yes. I love that show. And I think it's so relaxing, especially right now. Oh my gosh. If you are a type of person who just loves baking or is just into reality TV, it might be worth checking out. If you haven't, it's a great show. It's awesome. It's a great show. And it's very and just to say, because it's British, it's really low maintenance. It's re- low maintenance, and not low, <laughs> low maintenance. Key, low key. Low key. It's low drama. They don't. They don't really manufacture drama. Yeah. So I think that's a really help helpful to offset the oh gosh, the other yeah. night's debate. Um, it's very relaxing. Also, you'll want to eat a lot of pastry. I'm oh, always yeah. looking for what I have in the house when I'm watching. Yes. This. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the other thing that's that seems really good that uh, I feel really good about that Jenna you and I talked about is that Senator Harris will be debating uh, next week Mm -hmm. and we'll be debating uh, Vice President Pence Mm -hmm. and I'm really excited to see her I I just love her I have a great deal of respect for her and I'm I'm I just feel so good I'm so happy that she's representing us yes absolutely that definitely is going to be worth a watch and hopefully will create more hope for us as well yes All right. And so we're going to move into our ending meditation for today. I'm going to lead us through the pause, relax, open, or PRO meditation. And so our meditation will begin at the sound of the bells. So settling into your meditation posture, shoulders back, down, relaxed, eyes closed or looking down, chin tucked, and coming into stillness or pause in this moment. Or as we've discussed, holding your seat, feeling strong, grounded, and empowered in this posture or having the intention of being strong, grounded, and empowered. And when we come into stillness and we hold our seat, we begin to open our shoulders, begin breathing more deeply and relaxing or having the intention of being relaxed maybe noticing any tension in the body, maybe behind the eyes or the jaw, 
softening the face if we can. Moving down into the shoulders, the chest, the stomach, the hips, arms, legs, hands and feet, just softening where possible. And when we are in stillness and we're holding our seat, it can allow us to be more relaxed or at least have the intention of being relaxed. And that allows us to be more open or more accepting of what is. Not trying to change anything, but just accepting what is happening around us. Knowing that when we do come into stillness, we do notice our bodies, our thoughts, our mind, our breathing. We can have the ability to slow things down and to become more accepting or at peace with what is. And knowing that we can hold our seat off the cushion in life and embody this sense of strength, groundedness, empowerment at any time throughout the day. So coming back to your breath in this moment and listening for the sounds of the three bells which will signify the end of our meditation. Thank you, Jenna. That was really lovely. Yeah. And we're saying go forth, take really good care of yourself. Watch how much news you ingest, how much you talk about this in terms of taking care of yourself. And if you like our podcast, please follow us on Instagram and please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Where else are we? <laughs> uh, we're on Bus Sprout as well. Yeah. Yes. 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 And hold your seat. Hold your seat. All right. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye.